Havoc. News, interviews, and more. We just reek of Huntsville Havoc hockey. Welcome to another Reek and Havoc podcast. I'm Laura Pitts, and this week we get our freak back on as Clay, Freak Daddy Coleman, rejoins me in the slot to chat. Coach Stu Steffen will also bring us his pick of the pack, plus we'll have a look at upcoming games. Stay with us as the Reek and Havoc podcast continues. Reek and Havoc podcast. One of the worst feelings you can have is that of being stranded. Well, BT's towing, tire, and truck repair makes that a thing of the past with 24-7 towing services and roadside assistance in the northern Alabama and southern Tennessee areas. But that's not all. They also offer truck and trailer repair, mobile welding, brake service and repair, new and used tires, and other major and minor repairs. Their name says it all. BT's Towing, Tire, and Truck Repair. For 24-7 response, call 497-8234. That's 497-8234. BT's Towing, Tire, and Truck Repair. Got something to say? Put it on a t-shirt, or hoodie, or apron, or even an iPhone case. Just go to DaddyO'sCustomTees.com and make it happen. Look through their selection of ready-made designs, or make one of your own. Check out their special hockey designs, too. With Daddy-O's Custom Tees, you can truly have it your way. Look for Daddy-O's Custom Tees on Facebook, follow them on Twitter or Instagram, or go online to DaddyO'sCustomTees.com. That's D-A-D-D-Y-O-S Custom T-E-E-S dot com. Daddy-O's Custom Tees, they've got your back or front. Athens Utilities comprises Athens Electric, Athens Gas, and Athens Water Services. Together, we are committed to providing reliable and affordable electricity, natural gas, and water and wastewater services. We operate as part of the city of Athens, and just like our city's motto of Athens is classic, southern, character, we believe in supporting what makes our community special. Call 233-8750, come by our office at 508 South Jefferson Street, or look for the link online at AthensAL.us. Let's go in the slot. Welcome back, everyone, for another Wreaking Havoc podcast this week. Uh, We have a returning guest with us. Um, We've had Clay Coleman on before, also known as Freak Daddy, um, one of our wonderful announcers with the Havoc that kind of helped take care of a lot of different things for fan experience and uh, kind of keeping us during different plays and different um, fun things that happen at the game. But we've already had him on, but I wanted to bring him back on this week to maybe do a mid-season look and kind of chat about some stuff going on, chat about some plays, and also look at um, some cool things we've got coming up with the weenie dog races um, this coming up weekend. So Clay, thanks so much for stopping back in to chat with us for our podcast. Hey, glad to be back. So how has life been for you lately? I know that um, I have seen you in social media and I know we talked last week that you've been traveling around the world with your son. So is some of that um, kind of calming down now that some of his stuff is over with um, wrestling or are y'all about to pick it back up and, and do some more fun things? Uh, yeah, no, it's getting ready to to pick up in full swing because now we'll go into, you know, it's uh, his coming up on his senior year and, and anybody that knows anything about high school football and, and the transition of into college, you know, this is a crucial time. So we will be doing camps and going in all different directions and traveling. I know we've already got um, – Wake Forest, Missouri, uh, South Carolina, Arkansas, Auburn, Alabama. <laughs> so we're going to be. You're going to be uh, on the road a lot is what it's right. like. And uh, I'm broke. So if we need, if we want to start like a GoFundMe for Freak Daddy's uh, uh, college fund for uh, his travel for his son, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, between the between apparently the food bill and the um, the hotel and the gas bill, um, yeah, we might need to might need to do yeah. that. I was yeah. thinking it was kind of funny. I was thinking about seeing your sons and seeing um, what they love to do in sports, and I thought I would ask was like with you being a person who's kind of involved in hockey. When them growing up and stuff, was hockey ever like mentioned to them? And I know this is Alabama and it's the South too in general that there's not a lot of, you know, hockey for, you know, kids to play other than sport, you know, teams and stuff like travel teams or things like we have at the Iceplex. But was that ever like a thought with them? Yeah. You know, they did. Um, you know, I, I 
wanted them to always have, you know, the most experience, the best experience that they could have at anything. So, yeah, when they were little, they were baseball, basketball, flag football. Uh, both of them did all the way up through the learn to play hockey. Um, never got into the leagues. Um, when I went through a, a divorce uh, when they were fairly young and it just travel hockey just didn't fit the picture. Uh, the, just the fact it would have just been an undertaking that, you know, with my work schedule, having to work the hours that I did and, and radio yeah. and, and different things, I just, it was just going to be hard. And, and, and yeah. financially too, it's a, I mean, when you do the travel, it's a, a financial commitment that, that, that was there. So they didn't, I, I my, my um, youngest Wesley, he still loves to skate and he goes out and does the stuff with the wolf pack with the havoc. And uh, I think my oldest Timothy would have loved to play hockey and he's built pretty significantly. So he probably would have been good at it. He could always skate. It was just like, yeah. just time wise. It just yeah. didn't work. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, you know, I think it's probably interesting too, for you as a parent, seeing your children getting ready to go to this next step um, into college and then seeing some of these young guys that are playing hockey, like they're in a transition period too. Your son's about to be in this interesting transition period. I bet that's kind of an interesting perspective for you to kind of see it play out in college, post-college or right out of college athletes. And then here you've got your son about to go off and, and try out for this journey. Um, that's got to be kind of an interesting experience for you. Oh, for sure. I mean, you you know, I think we talked a couple of weeks ago when we had Brian Wilson, you know, over at the VBC and, you know, he's been doing that since he was three, you know? So at some point I wonder if that, you know, like I feel it where, you know, now I'm like, we're vested, we're in it. So let's, you know, let's get yeah. the most out of it that we possibly can. And I can see that with these guys is that, you know, they play and play and their parents have invested all this money and they go to college and they do and they get it. And it's kind of like, if we've got the opportunity, I mean, yeah, they don't get paid a whole lot. They're not, you know, millionaires by any means, but Hey, if you have no obligations, you have no children and you can do something for four or five years and it be, you know, minimal expense and you get to go, um, you know, see a lot of cool cities and do a lot of cool things. I mean, it's, yeah, it's one of these things where it's like kind of a, why not, you know, until, until you get to the point where I think some of these guys get where it's like, all right, if we don't get out of hockey and then go, you know, find a, a day job, uh, we're going to be behind the eight ball in a sense. So, but yeah, I can actually absolutely see that, you know, when you've, when you've worked this hard, any opportunity that you can still have to go seems like it would be, you know, very, very important. I think for me, that is one of the things that I I guess I resonate and love so much about college sports or even minor league sports is there's so much like you're talking about this investment in it. And there it's not like professional where that's like your career, you know, I mean, I know that minor league hockey, that's kind of their career right now. But like when I think about professional hockey, like those guys are playing it until they retire for real and all that good stuff. But like in the minor leagues, you're kind of, you're in it for like this fun, wonderful experience too. And I, and you can tell that um, on the players when they're playing and how um, emotional things get and how much it means when people win, or as we saw last week, when we, <laughs> when we lose. Um, so I don't know. I think that's just kind of a neat thing about the minor leagues and, and seeing that play out, that commitment play out. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it, and it, the balance too, like for me is, you know, I'm, I've been really big on with both of my kids. Um, you know, I've put into them like, hey, you know, if you're just going to practice with your football team for that hour, hour and a half that you get every day and you have aspirations of playing at a next level, it's not going to happen. You know, unless you're just a complete gifted athlete where you don't have to really work as hard. But, um, yeah, the amount of hours and the things that they have to put in, I mean, yeah, it's uh, – I was watching something the other day and it was talking about Steph Curry, the basketball player, and says, you know, he takes 4,000 to 5,000 shots a week over his career. He shot like 2.5 million baskets in practice. In the games, he shot 15,000 and he's only made 3,000, but he's the best shooter that is in the game. You know, so it, it, the, the level of commitment that it takes to play at a, at a minor league or a pro level is still significant. Yeah. And that um, building those blocks of understanding and then when they're young like that, like telling your your kids that that kind of, that's what, in my opinion, 
when you're not when you don't have sports to rely on, okay, because we all know one day we have to hang that up. It's not something that's forever. Um, it, it, that's the character, right? That's the character yeah. building and the, the the thing that makes you um, who you are um, when all that is stripped away. So, yeah, I see that in my son, too. I'm always telling him we're talking about grades a lot with him. And I'm always saying, look, you want to get to these things in life. You have to put a lot of hard work in and you can't just do it one time. You can't just do it for one little hour. You've got to really focus and put all that time into it. And I think we're seeing a lot of that, too, with some of our um, young kids that are coming up in our team. Um, yeah. even though we're a young, kind of in a rebuilding year, as I keep um getting reminded in my head. Um, but before we get into that, what do you do exactly um during the Havoc games? Like, what is your role with Havoc? I know that um I want our listeners to go back and and get to listen to Tim's interview with you to kind of really learn about who you are. If this is their first time checking in with the podcast, but just kind of give everybody a little bit of an overview about what you you do during the games. Absolutely. So yeah, so. You know, been with the team for 18 years, um, and I had an opportunity, you know, to to go into hockey when I knew nothing about hockey, really. Um, and that that position has progressed from just being a, an in arena announcer to working with the team full time, doing uh, you know like an account executive or marketing, then moving into the vice president uh, of the team, and then uh, in the past years just you know moved on because you know there is a there is a salary cap that you can possibly get to not not mandated but only so much you can make in minor league sports so i needed to transition out to to have a a day job and uh, but stayed on as the in arena announcer for the havoc uh and so pretty much now i don't do as much as i used to uh i was usually really involved in in the marketing and the planning of all the the games and and uh, theme nights and things like that. Sometimes they'll still, you know, we'll, we'll brainstorm or we'll talk or we'll do certain things. But yeah, we, um, uh, now I'm just, I show up and, and, and kind of have the fan interaction with the, the microphone and pump the crowd up. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's definitely scaled down than what it used to be, but uh, I'm still kind of the, the old dog in the, in the, in the group of people there that, that, that can kind of come in and say, Hey, well, what do you think about this? Or, you know, like this weekend, you know, myself and there's a girl named um, Bridget Clevenger, who's been basically uh, kind of the runner of the wolf pack and kind of operations of everything that happens on the ice. She's been there for 21 years. She was back even one year with the channel cats. So um, she, you know, wiener dog race coming up. I mean, it's, there's a lot that goes into that. And, and, and some of the newer, employees of the the havoc you know some of them have never seen it before and it may be their first time so sometimes we can be kind of a a voice of saying okay when you get 80 dogs on the ice this is what can happen and these are all the mistakes we've made and you know don't make this mistake let's do this uh you know the, the small dog race we had earlier i think a dog bit like seven people <laughs> so it's oh my uh, goodness yeah so <laughs> and then you had uh several cleanups on the ice and, and different things like that that happens as well so uh it's uh it's 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 fun and also but like i said i've enjoyed it i i wouldn't um it's given me i think you know i was in the radio business for many years here and i think my recognition of actually in the community and stuff like that i gained more from the havoc and being able to be out on the ice and in the arena working with the havoc than I even did in my radio career. And actually, actually I think helped my radio career and it's still helping my business now that my day job. And the fact that if I go into places, they still, I may be going in for, you know, a business meeting, but then they'll go, Hey, aren't you the guy from the hockey team? You know, and it's so it kind of adds. Have to a, say, yeah. In my night job, I'm actually freak daddy. Yeah. Right. Right. Play that, during the day, but at night I'm freak daddy. <laughs> yeah. That, and you know, and, and if, I, I talked about this a little bit with, with Tim, you know, but when I used the name freak daddy, it was a radio guy that I, that I grew up listening to in high school and, and he was in Kentucky. So it wasn't going to be anybody here. So there'd never been that around here. So I assumed that name, but my college professor had said, you know, always have a, a name that it leaves a question. So like literally even to this day, even though I haven't been on the radio since 2020, um, I still have people come up and go, so how did you come up with the name Freak Daddy? I mean, it's just, it's always a question start, you know, a, a, a conversation piece. And, and and when you go into the business stuff, they'll always, it's kind of a, because once they know me and they really get to know me, I mean, I'm, I'm not, there's nothing any, there's not anything really crazy or freaky about me. I'm not covered in tattoos and don't have a bunch of piercings and I'm more of a family man than 
than most, and so it's uh, it's it, it's it adds a as a conversation piece for sure. Do you recall the first time that you had to come out and do this job with the Havoc? Like, do you remember that experience? Yes, I do. Well, I remember the the first time that they put me out, um, and it, it all now I'll never forget it. Um, I knew nothing about hockey, the rules, but it was like, hey. You're going to go out here, you're going to pump up the crowd, and at the end of the game, when we do the three stars, you're going to have to interview one of those individuals. And um, a guy, uh, Matt Carmichael, who his jersey is one of the retired jerseys inside the arena, was a goalie for the Havoc, and was a longtime goalie for the Channel Cats. Um, I don't even remember the question that I asked him, but it was on the microphone, and I asked the question, and he just looked at me, and there is a little bit of delay in the microphone. So if you're not used to that delay, sometimes it can be hard to hear the question. And Matt just said, um, I have no idea what the hell you just said. And I was like, oh, great. This is going <laughs> to And I was like, you know, I don't either. So good game. It was a good. <laughs> so, uh, but over the, you know, it's definitely gotten. Uh, I've never been nervous. I mean, well, I would take that back. I do get kind of nervous because I'm very, um, I just, I want to do the, do good every single time. Um, but I've never had a problem talking in front of people or, or that. So that never really bothered me. The delay is a, is a hard factor. Like if I'm ever, if I ever miss a game, um, sometimes I call it job security because people that fill in for me, if they've never done it, it is, it is really difficult. Um, and I, I try to tell them that, hey, it's going to be hard. You're going to be on the microphone, and you're going to be talking, and you're going to hear yourself back. And it's it's very it's just similar to when you hear somebody singing the national anthem. You know, it's 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 tough because you don't have that inner ear device that you only hear yourself. So yeah, I think uh, people have a misconception that you just people grab the microphone and go up there and just chat, and it's just normal. Like we're having oh, a con- you and I are having a conversation right now, and there's a lot more to it. Oh, one hundred percent. And then one thing that. You know, we have a uh, interconnection with the. There's actually a producer inside the booth there at the Von Braun Center, and I have a radio. So my left ear has a earpiece in it, and it is constantly getting traffic. People telling, okay, because they're like, you know, hey, up next we're going to play this video. Hey, we're going to. Hey, Clay, we're going to pump up the crowd. Uh, right after this promo video plays or whatever, or, you know, so there's, there's a lot of, um, a lot of, um, chatter. And if I didn't have, um, ADHD, <laughs> I probably wouldn't be able to, to manage because, you know, I'll be, you know, talking to somebody in the arena that just wants to have conversation with me while I'm hearing them telling me what to do. And I have to stop them and go, Hey, hold on a second. You know, hey, it's the champions fan of the game. You know, and and people are just amazed. They're like, "How in the world do you do that?" Um, but so, yeah, it's 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 definitely more difficult than what than what people will give it credit. That's kind of cool because I didn't realize there was actually like a producer. Like some people, I mean, I guess I should have assumed that there was someone kind of calling the shots and organizing all of that, but. I guess I've never really sat down and thought about it. Perhaps I guess maybe I thought maybe you were the one doing it. I don't know. You know, well, you see your your face. You know, doing. Well, well, here's the thing. This is this is what was crazy. Now, like I said, my job is way easier now. But back when I was, you know, the vice president of the team, I was pretty much in charge of the game day experience. Now, granted, we didn't have as much. You know, we had some videos, we had music and things like that, but I kind of controlled it from inside the arena. Now, with the instant replay and, and the videos and, um, you know, the, the one of the current presidents now, uh, Justin Strickland, who, who when he came on, he was just our graphics and video content guy. And, and then now Clay Gully, who works with the Havoc. So, like, just to give you an example, like in that production room uh, that is up, kind of behind um like where the roll up door is to go out it's up on the in the wall back there you'll see a small window um there's a producer who's calling all the shots um there is an announcer there is a music person outside in the arena with the soundboard and the light controls then there's someone in there that is working the video playing the videos the producer is running a switcher that's picking all the camera angles there's an individual that is in solely in charge of the 
um, instant replay. And then out in the arena, there's three camera operators. So it's a production. I mean, it's now it is a full blown production that is going on and um, dealing with everything from, you know, hey, well, you know, everything goes smoothly, but usually in any kind of production, things always mess up and timing and <laughs> camera battery goes bad and, and things like that. So, yeah, it, it has definitely transformed into a full blown production that, uh, and now they got the, um, the, the projection cameras that go down on the ice. You know, there's people that operate that. There's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a big deal now. It used not to be. Usually it was just about three of us. <laughs> so. So, okay, well, I was going to ask you this later, but now that you've mentioned this, you know, I I was following your trip um, with your son and your family to Vegas, and I, you were talking about having gone to, I think it was a Blues game, an NHL Blues game, or maybe I got that wrong. I can't no, remember. No, it was the, it was the, uh, the, uh, the Jazz. The, gold, the Golden Knights with the uh, let me just name Vegas. every. Let me just name every single <laughs> NHL team until you're like, yeah, Laura, that's correct. So, <laughs> you're. So the reason I wanted to ask this question is, there's a whole experience when you're in like an NHL experience. I've been to a Preds game before, and there's like just this real. I mean, it's just you know what it's like. You've been to. Right. It. So I'm curious. You've been. You've seen probably a bunch. You went out there and saw that game in Vegas, but. How does what we do now in the Havoc world at the games, how does that even compare with that? Like, is it, it's not exactly like an NHL experience, but there's a lot of really cool lighting and um, events and images on the ice, you know, things that I only thought I would ever see at an NHL game, which I did when I went to a Preds game. And now I get to see some of this same stuff here in our minor league team. Yeah, you know, it's definitely a trickle down. Uh, I would say that there's nothing that we've done that is um, unique per se. I would say that a lot of the stuff we've gotten ideas from uh, the the bigger teams. Um, the one thing that I would you know give complete um, props to Keith Jeffries, um, the owner of the Havoc, and the relationship that they have with the Von Braun Center is since day one. Um, and I can, you know, like I said, I've I been there for 18 years, but I mean, we would sit through planning meetings. A lot of people think it's just the season. I mean, it, as soon as the season's over, we take about a, they would take about a week off and then we're back in planning again um, for the year and coming up with things. And, and Keith has done a great job of realizing that in order to get better, that you have to invest more back into the team. Now, if you go to other arenas, some of them have it, but a lot of them don't have it because they don't have the money. Um, and they don't have the agreement like with the Havoc, the co-pro agreement that they have with the Von Braun Center is unique. Most minor league sports don't have that kind of agreement. Um, they're just a team and they rent space from the venue. Um, the Havoc and the VBC have a partnership to where they don't really have to rent the space. So it saves a lot of money. So it gives them opportunity to invest and upgrade and do things. And like I said, since the, since the beginning, they're always, you know, constantly working together. Hey, I think in next year, I think I've heard that there may be a, a bigger kind of jumbotron type kind of atmosphere in the next year or so. Um, So they're constantly evolving. Uh, And then also with technology getting the way that it has, um, they technology has has changed so much it's become affordable yeah um where it used to be you know a camera was you know a twenty thousand dollar piece of equipment or more yeah um, now you can get you know a camera and then you can set up mobile cameras that are you know almost like a phone i mean it's it's really the technology yeah. has has become easier for people to do yeah. um things so yeah i think that's the that's the experience yeah we copy a lot of what we see i mean there's some things that we do unique uh, that maybe there's been teams from the NHL that they've said, hey, that's a really cool idea. Like the puck out of play, nobody was ever really doing a sponsorship for a puck out of play. We started it with Charles Pittman, and now it's moved into uh, the Roto-Rooter uh, puck out of play. Yeah, uh, There's NHL teams that didn't do that, but they say, oh, well, there's money. and Hey, that's a cool thing. So we've heard teams that have used that. Um, I know like the the Rick – I won't say that, that, that the Havoc – you know, the Ric Flair woo uh, playing during the middle of the games or things like that. But I know there were some teams that didn't, but because they came to the Havoc and saw the Havoc was doing it, um, they did it. Um, I think we're a big – there's a lot of teams in minor league hockey that 
copy what we do or not necessarily copy, but, you know, we've been like a trendsetter for what they do. Um, oh, 100%. I can. Yeah, yeah totally. So, I mean, so it's kind of like we've uh, we've worked a lot with, the, you know, the predators in the early days of the Havoc learning and, and doing that. And all the guys, like I said, the, the team that they have there now at the Havoc, I mean, um, they're probably more skilled at what they do than when we were there. Um, we were kind of figuring out on our own. I mean, we've been the, the success of the Havoc has made it to where people like Jared, who does a tickets at the Havoc, I mean, he came from another place because he wanted to be at Huntsville because this is the way Huntsville operates. Uh, Clay Gully and, and Justin and all of them, you know, before it was, we were kind of faking it until we made it <laughs> a lot of times in the early days. Um, and then, like I said, kudos to Keith Jeffries for constantly investing in the program and seeing that, hey, we can't just worry about cutting corners and not paying people. We need to we need to, to get it. You need to get people that know what they're doing in certain positions. We'll be back with more of the Recon Havoc podcast. Time now for the Huntsville Havoc pick of the pack, a weekly spotlight. Head coach Stuart Steffen. Derek Pearl, number 15. He's been here five, six, seven years, something like that. I've been around, so kind of a veteran guy for us. Um, just a solid defenseman, you know, kind of plays good solid defense for us. Good puck mover for us, really helps us break the pucks out. And he's just kind of a calming influence there on the back end. So, you know, obviously that veteran leadership's huge for us. So having him back there, you know, he's pretty versatile. Can be in the power play, penalty kill, can be out late in the game, kind of either way. And just a good uh, solid pro. So good to have him on the team. And, you know, we're looking for him to take a big step here, heading down the stretching in the playoffs here too, to kind of, you know, really help us put us over the edge. The Recon Havoc podcast will be right back. Hey, pack rat. Yeah, you. Are you moving cross country and you just don't know who to call? Call us right now. Listen, you've probably seen one of our containers in your neighborhood. But did you know that we can help you move anywhere in the United States? It's real simple. We'll drop a container off at the location you tell us to bring it to. You pack up your valuable possessions at your leisure. They stay safe right in your home. And when you're ready, call us. We'll come and pick up the container and give you a scheduled date of when your furniture and the other possessions will be at your new home. So if you're moving across country or across town, be a pack rat. Join the pack rat family. Call pack rat right now for your free quote. See y'all later, pack rats. Call 800-965-1298-800-965-1298-800-965-1298. That's 800-965-1298. Want to howl with the Havoc this season? Now's your chance from Applebee's Tailgate Talk and the Reekin' Havoc podcast. Just go to wreakinghavoc.com and click on Howl with the Havoc to register and listen to Tailgate Talk on Saturday mornings as we announce the winners of Huntsville Havoc tickets. Howl with the Havoc this season from the Huntsville Havoc, Tailgate Talk, and the Reekin' Havoc podcast. Hey, this is Alex Brandrup, and you're listening to the Reekin' Havoc podcast. So I'm curious now on a transition. I'll probably come back to ask you some stuff about yourself. I got I got two or three questions on that. But I was curious about um, kind of a midseason look. I mean, I think people might might have this perspective that you get to sit and um, you know watch the game and follow everything that happens. Um, but I'm curious about what you think so far about our our season. You know, we're young, kind of now restarting, so to speak. We've got some people that have come back. It's been a rebuilding year with coaches and new new players. And so I thought, you know, what's your perspective on how things are kind of shaping up? Um, you know, I think it would be um, a hard job for Stu Stuart Stephan, who came in as the the head coach. I mean, he was the assistant coach and. Um, Following Glenn, who you know the winningest coach in Havoc history, and and doing that, and 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 it was kind of a refresh. I mean, when Glenn let you know hired Stu to take over, um, it was Stu's show. So there was um, the trainer was gone, the equipment manager was gone. Um, brought in Tyler P- Piacentini as an assistant coach. Um, a lot of the players, you know, that were playing like Tyler, like Cy Nutkovich, um, different ones, they retired. So it was it was going to be a tough thing. I think Stu's done a great job. I mean, our record uh, at home is really good. Um, I mean, we're 41 games into the 56-game season, so 15 more games left. Um, 
Currently, we're in fifth place. Um, you know, you want to try to get in that top four so you can get home ice on the first uh, round of the playoffs, which is important. Um, so, I mean, we've got we got a little hill to climb there because Roanoke's ahead of us with 53 points. So, I mean, I follow it. I love um, – I don't necessarily watch all the games on video, but I will follow on my phone and um, – mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm a fan of of the havoc because I feel kind of vested a little bit in it, just in the um, um, that I've been a part of the team for 18 years. But I think they're doing fine. I mean, you know, the playoffs are kind of weird in the sense of eight teams get in out of the ten, so you just really just need to be in the eight. And then mm-hmm. once once you get into the playoffs, I mean, a lot of the teams, um, let's say, you know, we really haven't been hampered a lot by call-ups, but a lot of the teams that get call-ups, if you've played with a team in the SPHL for more than five games, at the end of your season with the ECHL, if you're done, you can come back and play on a playoff roster. So uh, let's say an Evansville team or even a Knoxville team, if they've had call-ups, um, uh, Pensacola, you know, they, they, they could be a, a, a different team when the playoffs come. So it's kind of a reset when it comes to playoffs anyway. So um, that's a that's a challenge, but I think I think we're doing good. I mean, the attendance is there. The product is has been exciting, um, and so I mean, I, I think it, to have a, a what you would consider a a down year um, is still not a, a losing season because we're you know twenty and fifteen right now. Um, so I, I think they're doing good for a first year. If I if I was grading Stu, I, I would give him an A. Yeah, I think he's definitely. done a great job. Yeah, and it's a lot of work, too, to come in and pick up the reins of someone who's been there and has been established, even though you've been under them for a few years or whatever and kind of learned that coaching process under them. You're still kind of now the new person in charge. So I agree with you. I think I think it's turning out to be interesting. And I love that. I think I remember Tyler saying in an interview one time somewhere that um, the playoffs is the second second just to start of a new season, like the second season, right, of the year. That you just gotta make it to playoffs because then the season restarts. And so yeah. I've always had that mentality is look, all we gotta do is make it to playoffs. We can be in the very bottom tier of that and come back and win the whole thing. Yeah. Um it's just kind of the weird nature of playoff hockey that I have found interesting since becoming a hockey fan. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the next thing I wanted to ask you really quickly um was if you could have an opportunity to go out and do what you do with the Havoc, you know, announcing, doing all that fun stuff, but for any other sports team, right, for any other, like, major group or something, what would that be? What group would that be? Have you ever thought about <laughs> that's that? A, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, and I've had opportunities, um, but, you know, I'm definitely a family guy. And with, you know, I talked about, you know, the fact that my my the boys, my boys' mom and I divorced, you know, 14, maybe 13 years ago, I think. So um, there was, I didn't want to move away because I knew I wanted to be in the same town they were in. So I I didn't do that. Uh, I'm a huge Kentucky basketball fan, even though they're struggling right now. But um, I always had the dream as a kid that I wanted to be an announcer for the Kentucky Wildcats. So um, that would be, I would say, yeah, if I had that opportunity I would probably uh, hope that my kids get out of the house pretty quick, because <laughs> so, I would I would jump at that. I would I would love that to to do that. But would you but carry get, on the freak daddy connotation though? Would that be like something you carry with you? I think you would almost yeah. have to. Yeah, I don't. It would depend. I mean, uh, I think that some people may not know, don't know who the heck this is, but yeah, I would I would love that. It may transition more into a professional side. You know, I do. Um, I voice a lot of different sports teams here in town. Um, and I say just like I help with Liberty uh, Middle School. My my kids went to school there. My youngest is still eighth grader there, but I've done Liberty basketball, both boys and girls, Liberty baseball and Liberty football. And then I'm also, my son plays, you know, football for James Clemens. And I, uh, I guess would be the voice of James Clemens football in the stadium. So I get to do that kind of, you know, but I, yeah, I would love to do it at a larger scale for sure. But I don't know. I'm the clock's ticking. I'm I'll be 49 this year, and uh, you know we'll we'll see how that. Uh, or excuse me, I'll be 50 this year. My bad. Sorry, I'm 
I'll be fifty. I got. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm speaking a year away here. Yeah, I know, right? I'll, I'll be. I'll be fifty in September. So. Well, there's still plenty of time. Then I wanted to ask. <laughs> maybe, maybe the podcast gods will get that in the right hand. Somebody will listen to this, and you'll get that call up dream. I was thinking call about that dream. Today. I was like, where, where would he like to go? I read something one time where a, somebody answered a question like that, and they wanted to go do it at the Super Bowl. And I thought that would be kind of a cool thing. And so, yeah. I oh, any, I've, I've done a lot of big, uh, big things or whatever in my. You know, I used to work out in Arizona and I got to announce one day at a, a Diamondbacks baseball game. So I've got to do some of the big level uh, stuff, but yeah, I would love to, to be able to, to do something like on a regular like that for sure. Okay. Worst or favorite Jersey night in your 18 years? What have you loved? What have you hated? What are you like? Please never bring this back. It was terrible. Uh, the emoji Jersey to me was the ugliest Jersey we ever had. Um it looked just like a, just like it had every, you know, every emoji you could think of. So it just looked like a, like the, the emojis had uh, vomited. There was that one, and then the, um, the Tiger King jersey. I didn't like that one. That looked. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna suggest the Tiger King one. Um, it was, it was definitely on on the other spectrum of of not cool in my. Opinion. Yeah, and I would say probably my. My favorite one was the 40th anniversary of Kiss jersey that we did because I'm a huge Kiss fan. So oh, nice. Okay, that's kind of cool. Any um, jersey nights you wish they would come out with something you wish they would do that they've not? Uh, I've actually had one and they've turned it down several times, but I think that it would get us on ESPN. Is I think we should do a uh, for a breast cancer awareness night, but the guys have their jersey be Wonder Woman. Oh, I and, like that and, idea. And then you can actually do the um, skins for over top of the pants. So I don't know if you ever seen those shirts that they buy at Panama City, that like the bikini shirts. Yes. I think that if the guys would do that, um, that would be cool. I think the ladies would buy those outfits, uh, those jerseys, like, like they normally buy a lot of them anyway. Yeah. And like I said, I think they would be on ESPN for being the team that had, you know, the Wonder Woman outfits on. But I think that they – Pray that they that would be ridiculed a little bit too much for having uh, that kind of look, but I think it'd be fun. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that about being ridiculed. I would have been more concerned about being ridiculed in the Tiger King jerseys, as terrible yes. as they looked, as opposed to that idea. So um, I'm kind of with you on that. I think that would kind of be a neat thing. I've always wanted them to do um, something for like a local animal rescue. I'm big in animal rescue with some different things where I'm from. And so I'm always thinking about, man, that'd be kind of cool if we had these really cool jerseys that the money for the sales for it went for like some sort of no-kill animal shelter or something like that. So that's one, that's one that I'm hoping maybe the podcast gods will also get that to the right places and they'll hear those. Um, You also like to have a lot of fun during the games, kind of go out sometimes with your outfit that you were really make up for the Beetlejuice event. And so, (laughs) So um, what's the next big makeup thing you've got coming up? I will, I will be I will be in full zombie makeup for zombie, for the Walking Dead. So, and you're will, getting that uh, professionally done, is what? Yes. You mentioned, yeah. So. There's a there's a guy um, a guy here in uh, around the Harvest area that uh, was a makeup artist for the Walking Dead that I became friends with and. Uh, I've done it twice before, but this will be a, another opportunity to do that. So yeah, I'll be in uh, in full blown. It's like a about a three and a half to four hour makeup process. So it's uh, pretty intense. So yeah, I uh, I enjoy doing that. So yeah, that's one of those things. I've always had fun with that kind of stuff. And some people think I'm crazy and and stuff, but to me, it's like that that, that adds to it or whatever. And I hope that over the the 18 years that I've been uh, affiliated with it, that people have had fun and I've maybe made people, you know, go, wow, I never would have thought of that or, you know, uh, done something. So hopefully, uh, hopefully I've made my mark a little bit there. <laughs> and we've got wiener dog races coming up. And I know that you uh, mentioned a little bit about it before. Have have they always done a winter dog race? Is or has this been like a new thing over the past five or six years? No, it's been. It's. I almost want to think we that was one of the that one in military night. I think were the the big ones that were the ones we've stuck with forever. Um, that became kind of a popular thing as the as the different hockey teams. Um, it did have a little a rough moment uh, back in the early days. It was. Uh, 
we got literally attacked by PETA uh, for being cruel to the dogs. Um, How were y'all being cruel to the dogs, according to PETA? Well, well, apparently, um, dachshunds have uh, back issues, and putting them on the ice and doing that was cruel. I mean, it it literally, I I, I can't remember the exact total, but um, we were like, you know, targeted. Uh, This was probably in the first three or four years of the havoc um, to the point that like our main president and all of our sponsors got emailed by PETA members from all over the United States, you know, trying to get us to lose sponsors. And, um, you know, we had people that protested. Now that's kind of stopped. I mean, cause we kind of, our, our address was always, we're having winter dog races. Um, these are the owners that bring their dog who love their dogs who they have done this. So it's nothing the Havoc's doing that's cruel to animals. Um, And so it's kind of subsided. I think PETA's probably moved on to bigger and greater things. Like they went after the circus. (laughs) They they didn't have luck shutting down the Huntsville Havoc or They're trying to take out a minor league hockey team and their dogs, but they they failed. Yeah, Um, they failed failed miserably. (laughs) How do you guys contain and handle? I mean, I've been to – so. I can recall like the first year that I saw the weenie dog races, there were not as many, I guess, heats of them. You know what I'm saying? Like many times we had to do it. And then now I think last year, maybe even the year before it was like, it was like, I thought we're going to have to add time to the halftime to the court, you know, to the period of periods because there were so many. So how do you guys keep all of that organized? I know you mentioned that at the small dog races, you had one dog kind of go rogue and all of that. Like, how do you guys contain all of that um, for something as uh, enjoyable as the literal five seconds of fame of the dogs running across? Yeah, the I, yeah I say controlled chaos. Uh, literally, um, hopefully the owners uh, take care of their dogs the best they can. Uh, yeah, it it can turn kind of hectic and kind of um, chaotic for sure uh, as it's grown. I mean, I remember uh, back in the early days, we'd probably have, you know, 20 dogs. And then, you know, now we'll get, you know, 80. Uh, I think they've actually had the one last, I think last year they had to cut it off because we just knew we couldn't have any more than, than what it is. But yeah. It, and I think that adds to the entertainment of it. You know, is it, it's just literally people come to the game and I, I, I like to see, I always love to see the people that have never been to a hockey game, which is shocking that they haven't. But I mean, if you look at the, the sheer numbers, you know, the three County metros got you know, 400, 500,000 people and we hold 6,200. So sellout crowd, even though we think we're killing it, it's still, um, you know, hitting a small percentage of the market. So, but it's funny when you see those people that walk in and they just bought tickets to a hockey game and they come in and there's all these dogs running around and barking and then they're like, what in the world is going on here? And then you get on the ice and, you know, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, like I've seen it years to where, um, we say go and the, none of the dogs run and you're like, Oh, what do we do now? You know? And then I'll usually make jokes on the microphone of like, well, apparently the other person on the other side doesn't spend time with their dog. Cause they don't even know who you are um, to run to you or whatever. And then we've had uh try to say, I guess we're in podcast. So it does, it's not radio form. I don't have to worry about what gets edited or whatever, but we've had uh, um, a dog that was in heat that uh, took off in one direction and about, <laughs> Ten other dogs followed in the same direction. So, I mean, there's some comedy with it uh, as far as that goes. So, yeah, it's been uh, – it's just – you know, like I say, it's entertaining. And that's the thing I've loved about working with the hockey and, you know, minor league sports in itself has to be that way because not saying that our guys aren't talented, but they're not NHL-quality talent. So you have to – provide a whole package of entertainment. That's why some people say when they go to a, a Predators game or whatever that it's it's entertaining, but it's to them they get to the point it's a return on investment. As much money they've had to pay for the ticket and the parking and the food and everything, and then yeah. some of the entertainment stuff misses. But but their entertainment is they've got the best hockey players in the world playing. Yeah. Um, some people don't care about that. You know, some people are like, come why aren't you fighting? Why, you know, why yeah, they want to see a fight. Or yeah. they want to come see a winter dog race. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I love this. Uh, I think it was back in 2020. We had the winter dog races. You know, it made it all the way to Conan O'Brien. You, right. you know that? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we. Yeah, uh, was that with the was that Tig Navarro when she yeah, was on? Yeah, the, I've yeah. always laughed about that. That the comedian that they're they're chatting and he's like they talk about the fact she was somewhere doing something and she thought they were screaming and having a great time for something big and it ended up being the weenie dog races at a hockey game. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a fun story. To and like I said a, a sidebar on that one is there. Yeah, the hockey game was going on that night, and then I was the. They hired me to be the MC of her comedy show. So oh, she was in she was in Mars Music Hall and I was at the Von Braun inside the the Probe Serena and doing the game, but they're like, Hey, can you come back up and, and introduce her? And so when I went up there, I met her and I was like, Hey, you know, we're I'm working in this hockey jersey, but we're actually having a hockey night. And then we, I told her about yeah, tonight's our wiener dog races, and she was a huge animal fan, and she was like, I've got to see this. So she actually came over uh, and saw it. But, yeah, that was a neat uh, neat, neat night or whatever. Yeah, that was cool. I think that's just funny, you know, of all the places that something like that would get mentioned, right, Of yep. with hockey would be on, on a comedy late-night show <laughs> talking about. I was I thought they were yelling and screaming for me, and it turns out it was all about a bunch of weenie dogs running on yeah. by. You know, <laughs> yep. how funny is that? Well, Clay, I've appreciated you coming by and chatting with us today, um, you know, helping us out with the podcast. Really looking forward to seeing you in your next endeavor with the Walking Dead um, event. But, you know, you've been working with the team for 18 years. So um, what do you think your future is going to be? You going to stick around for a while or as long as the yeah. you or what? Yeah, I think I think, yeah, a mixture of both. Um long as they that long as they keep me, you know, I've talked to my family and my wife uh at 20 years seems like a a good point, but, you know, I, I can't think of if there's nothing else going on, I don't want to do nothing. Uh, but I do know, like I said, there's a there's pretty good shot that my oldest son could possibly play college football, and, and, and that may limit me a little bit where, you know, maybe, hey, I'll, I'll do the Havoc games, but when my son's playing, I'm going to be watching him. Um so that would be, I think, the only limiting factor in that. But uh, we'll see. Like I said, I'm, I still enjoy it and have fun with it. So, Well, I have appreciated getting to listen to you do all of that since becoming a hockey fan. And getting to meet you personally has been nice. It's been it's exciting to see all the different people that play a role in something that you love. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I really appreciate that. But thank you so much for stopping by and chatting with us today again. Um, looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season matches up. And maybe Tim and I can bring you back on when it's all said and done with, and we can kind of do a, a rehash to um, to kind of close out the year. So absolutely, I'd be happy to be on anytime for sure. Yeah, thank you so much. So hockey fans, remember we've got wingy dog races coming up this weekend. So if you have an opportunity to grab you a ticket, I would say do that. We keep selling out consistently, um, which I figure will be another no brainer of sellouts for this coming up weekend. You can also watch it on. Um, Flow Sports. Um, I've actually, just to put a little, not necessarily as an ad for them, but I've actually enjoyed being able to watch stuff on Flow Sports more than I have hockey TV in the past. So that's just my personal preference. So I've enjoyed that. But um, we have enjoyed our talk today. Can't wait to have you guys back um, next week to listen to whoever we get to bring on. So everyone, as always, stay sharp in the slot and keep reeking of Huntsville Havoc hockey. Hear the Reekin Havoc podcast wherever you go, on your favorite podcast platform, on your Amazon Echo device by saying, Alexa, play the Reekin Havoc podcast via the PAS Plus app and online at ReekinHavoc.com. The Reekin Havoc podcast. In June of 2005, our twin girls were delivered, Melissa and Ann Catherine, and they were born 14 weeks early. Amy and Chris George talk about the Melissa George Neonatal Memorial Fund. They both weighed less than two pounds. Ann Catherine was 115 and Melissa was 19. Melissa lived for a couple of hours, but all of the medical technology in the world just could not have saved her. And she passed away while she was in the NICU. Chris realized pretty early that God had given us a platform that we could use to try to help people. So Chris and I started the Melissa George Neonatal Memorial Fund at Huntsville Hospital. To know that Melissa's name is living on, we, her legacy continues. And I think that was very important to Amy and I is why you know, the fund is named after her. Because for seven weeks, you know, Melissa fought so that Anne Catherine had a chance to live. And uh, I think that 
we wouldn't be doing her name any justice if we didn't carry on because we know we wanted to honor her and honor her legacy and the community in Huntsville Havoc, the community in Huntsville itself, they've rallied around that. And it's been a wonderful support system for us. And I think for a lot of families too, when they see total strangers that are, are giving. We're online at HuntsvilleHospitalFoundation.org. Click on the Melissa George Neonatal Memorial Fund and you can give that way. There's no donations too small and, and every dollar is just as important as the next one. And if you're giving, then we understand you're giving because you care. And that's what's important is that we've learned over the years that people give because they care. And you can volunteer. If you're interested in that, you can click on the volunteer tab to fill out an application. We are grateful for any type of support because we know that once we pull those dollars together, we can do big things. For more information on the Melissa George Neonatal Memorial Fund, visit HuntsvilleHospitalFoundation.org. This is Kyle Sharkey, and you're listening to the Reek and Havoc podcast. This weekend, the team faces Roanoke at home. Huntsville is 2-2 two two with the Rail Yard Dogs this year. Friday is iHeart HSV night. Saturday, the always popular wiener dog races will be going on. Go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com to register your entry. Be aware of the VBC's clear bag only policy for Havoc games. This includes no clutch purses, fanny packs, and diaper bags. Exceptions to the policy will be made for all medically necessary items after proper inspection. For more information, plus a list of prohibited items, go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com and under the Fan Zone tab, click Security. Keep in mind, too, that the VBC is a cashless menu. Concession stands and bars do not accept cash, although you can use it at Havoc merchandise stands and at the Chuckapuck table. Remember, if you're a season ticket holder, doors will open at 5.30 p.m. and remain open until puck drop. You can enter through the doors in the hallway adjacent to the Havoc front office and VBC box office. Watch the Havoc live or on demand all season long via Flow Hockey. Just go online to flowhockey.tv or download the Flow Hockey app for your device. The Reek and Havoc podcast. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-731-1467. 800-731-1467. 800-731-1467. That's 800-731-1467. For tickets, official Huntsville Havoc merchandise, and more, go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com. Visit our website at ReekinHavoc.com, look for us on Facebook, Instagram, X, and Threads, and listen, follow, and subscribe to the Reekin Havoc podcast on your favorite platform to keep up with the only weekly podcast covering the Huntsville Havoc, the Reekin Havoc podcast. <laughs>